0: yeah Mm -hmm. things not going right i just try to keep the right perspective power to live more with joe dodds
1: welcome to the power to live more podcast all about productivity organization well-being energy and resilience My name is Ellie Dodds, and I'm co-presenter. Today, Joe is interviewing Dane Shooter of Ghost Blog Writers. Dane approached Joe to come on the show, having listened to some of our previous interviews. It's great to get listeners keen to join in. Do let us know if you think you'd make a great guest. Owner of the Ghost Blog Writers, a blogging service pr- provider, Dane is a husband and father. He enjoys reading books, golfing, and the outdoors. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Dane Schuder of Ghost Blog Writers. Thanks for joining me. Dane, great to have you with me.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on. So, does that mean you're a ghost? <laughs> I, I do get, you know, it's funny, we uh, get not a ton anymore, but a lot of like, weird search terms from Google, like ghost related. And, and I didn't really think of it at the time, but it makes perfect sense. So I don't have any interest in ghost hunting or ghost busting or anything like that. But, but it does. I definitely understand it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a bit about who you are and what you do and, and who ghost blog writers are.
0: Sure. So I'm from uh, the Wisconsin in the United States, Uh, nearest large cities would be Minneapolis and Chicago. We, we call it the Midwest over here. And so kind of born and raised here, Uh, haven't moved a whole lot, but have, have kind of grown up always interested in business, never really could come across an idea that was any good, was always kind of experimenting. And about ten years ago now, I got into blogging, just as kind of a little hobby. And uh, through a friend of a friend, a, business, a small business owner asked if I wanted to write a weekly blog post for his website. So I started doing that, and then um, I was using, starting to use Twitter at the time, and I saw another business owner mention that they wanted to start a blog. So I just reached out. And at that point, I started kind of thinking about maybe the possibility of a blogging agency. And over the last eight, nine years or so, it's kind of quickly morphed from freelance situation to now we're, we're kind of a small blogging agency with with writers in US, UK, Australia, and, and clients from all over the world.
1: Wow, that sounds great. And so, so the concept is that you're writing bespoke uh, content for people and then they sort of say it's from them, is that how it works? Yep,
0: yeah, so, yeah. yep, so we usually publish it under the, most often we publish under it kind of the brand name, so it yeah. uh, looks like it's coming from the brand, but but yeah, it's it's usually businesses that um, are, are big enough where they want to have a blog but they don't necessarily have someone on staff to do mm-hmm. the writing, or maybe they've they've tried, and it's it's usually a little more work than a lot of people anticipate, and so uh, they they reach out to us, and and we kind of handle everything from uh, the titles, which is would be kind of like the blog strategy, and then uh, we assign a writer who is kind of the regular writer for each each client, and and yeah, we just kind of go through a process of. Uh, pitching titles and writing the posts and scheduling them and make sure they look good and things like that.
1: Lovely, yeah, that sounds great. I um I started doing my blog as much as anything else as a as a um replacement for writing my own blog <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd blogged for a long time and then just got really bored with it. So uh, when audio mm-hmm. became started becoming popular, given I'm a bit of a talker, um, I ended up uh, setting up the the Podcasts and I do I do still yep. sometimes blog, but uh, it's mostly the the audio, which of course is rubbish for search engines in terms of the actual speaking. But luckily we do good it. show. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, I I'm I'm waiting for and and it's it, and I agree. It's people are usually one of video, audio, or text kind of their preference for creating and consuming. But yeah, yeah I'm waiting for Google or whoever to to be able to search podcasts, like the what the words that are being said, not just the yeah. descriptions and things like that. It's gotta be possible at some point.
1: Yeah, it must be imminent because I have talked about it for a long time and they can do speech recognition. I and mean, while we were just chatting before we came on, my, my Alexa went off, didn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even though I hadn't said the word. Yep. So um, there's yep. obviously, you know, technology that, that will do that. Uh, it's, it's not, I think, I mean, I, I I was looking at SEO and teaching small businesses it sort of 10 years ago. And we were talking about it then, so it's clearly not been uh, a massive thing. I guess it'll go via video probably first, mm-hmm, bearing in mind mm-hmm. that's the sort of the big thing. But as you say, people tend to be one of the three, and I, I hate video as well. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> yep.
1: so I'll be sticking with the, the audio and a bit of writing. But I do love mm-hmm. reading, so uh, interesting yep. that you don't always consume... As you or you don't always sort of mark as you consume either, which is interesting.
0: Yep, yep, that's true too.
1: <laughs> so you are in the Midwest. Um I was thinking, oh we hear that. What does that mean to us in England? Is that is that where all the yeah, the uh T think... V films came from? Or the the Cowboys and Indians? That wasn't Midwest, was it?
0: it, <laughs> it <that> the... <laughs> you know, I should know more about the the origins of the term, but I think so uh, so the the big population, I think, was initially on the east side, you know, the New York and yeah. that whole side. And so I think as they started moving west, where we are, we're, we're midway to the other side of the continent. So we're, the west would be where the cowboys and Indians and western movies all were. And where we are, we're kind what of halfway out there.
1: Right, okay, cool. So, I guess
0: cool. that if I had, I don't know for sure to confirm that, but it seems like that would make sense. Like halfway on their way out west, they came yes. across the Midwest, and maybe some were too lazy to make it the rest of the, the trip. <laughs> <laughs> keeping themselves safe, probably, or they weren't very good at riding <laughs> horses
1: or something. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so, um, you work from home?
0: I do work from home. Yep, I've been working from home. Uh, full-time since 2012 so yep yeah
1: and do you have a specific place that you work do you have an office or do you move around how, how does that work I've
0: kind of it's I've kind of bounced around initially we had uh, my girlfriend at the time now wife when I first started working from home I had a space in the finished basement with a kind of a desk area so it was, it was kind of a sectioned off area and, but I've kind of bounced around. My wife also, she's a freelance website designer, and she's had offices at home. And if we've, if we've had space where we can turn a bedroom into an office, it's usually been hers. But then <laughs> she's kind of also uh, – she likes getting out of the house more, more than I do. So she has shared offices and had her own offices kind of outside of the mm-hmm. house. And, and in our current mm-hmm. place – I now am in what was to be her home office. So she had a home office that we kind of made and then she wanted to get out of the house again. So she did that. And so I'm currently in my wife's office.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, isn't it? Listening to the the sort of um, the chronology of it or the, or the, you know, the, all the differences, because I'm quite intrigued about the whole working from from home piece I have an office that was a we had a very big sitting room that we basically had divided into two Mm -hmm. rooms and I originally shared it with my husband and my then my daughter and they're both really messy so in the end I kicked them both out and I have a lovely Mm -hmm. office all to myself with a lovely Mm -hmm. armchair for those moments you know where I don't want to be at my desk and um and all that sort of thing and I do like working in coffee shops and and places Uh sort of out and about as well I tend to get quite a lot done I always think when I'm there because I I don't talk to people and I almost I don't even do the distracting things that I could be doing on my phone I do tend to knuckle down and get on with the work
0: but it's Uh interesting even
1: the house recently I've been moving all around it so like I've been doing my emails on my Breakfast bar in the kitchen, and then I'll be sitting at the dining room table, and then I'll be in my bed. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's, um, I guess that's one of the real advantages of, of that whole working from home thing is, is the fact yep. that you don't need one one way or one place or one one sort of um, role. Yep. It, you know, if it's if it's a sort the sort of business where you can use technology and move around, then you you can.
0: Yep, and I I I found that I've really liked it. I don't know. I could go back to a regular office setting. I liked it. It was fine. I um, like, like you were just talking about the flexibility and I still pretty much follow a regular schedule and routine and usually don't work in my pajamas or anything like that. But I'm disappointed i like, now. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> You're exactly.
1: ruining the myth of, of working from home.
0: <laughs> but as we talk now, I'm looking outside and we're getting a little bit of snow and I one thing I don't miss is any kind of commute which no. is, in Wisconsin is a lot of driving in, in poor winter weather. And, and so yeah. today I can sip my hot coffee while everyone else has to go outside and brave the, the snow.
1: Exactly. I was talking to friends the other day they're, they're just moving to uh, Italy. And um, he was saying to us, could we get some snow chains for them? They were they were stopping with us on the way. To France because we're right close to the Channel Tunnel and he was like, can you get some yeah. snow chains? Just need the the cheapest version. He said because they're never coming out of the bag. And I was like, well, how are you going to get to France from France to Italy without driving on snow? And he was like, oh, we're going coastal. We're not going anywhere near snow. We are never going okay. out in snow. He said, if it snows, all my plans get cancelled. He said I will not be driving on snow. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, if you've got that. Um, you know flexibility to be able to do that and you haven't got to go out then uh yeah, yeah that's exactly one of the reasons i like it working from home although earlier i was thinking to myself oh do you know what i could i could quite easily see myself become a recluse which people who know <laughs> me would think is really odd because i talk so much it would seem impossible that i could do that but just the concept of leaving the house when it's a bit mm-hmm. cold <laughs> and a bit is wet really? just, <laughs> I just can't yes. <laughs> oh, dear. so tell us a bit more about why you do what you do. You sort of touched on this at the beginning. I think you were sort of implying that um, mm-hmm. perhaps there, were, there, there weren't as many opportunities. I don't know if that's, I read into that um, as mm-hmm. there might be elsewhere where you were and you were looking for something different because of that. But why did you end up doing what, you, what you're doing now and what really drives you to con- continue doing it?
0: Yeah, I think, so the business aspect of it, managing a business, kind of operating a business, I, I have understood that about myself. For about as long as I can remember, um, from when I was younger, seeing uh, business people and being attracted to that type of occupation, that type of world, so that interest was always there. As far as the blogging and the writing side, that I think might have also been there, but I never pursued it when I was young in in you know regular school. When you're when you're a kid, I I was a, was a okay student. I never was really into English class or writing class. And, and um, when I went to the university, I took one elective that was a creative writing class and liked it. But after the, the course was over, I just kind of brushed it off and, and didn't really look into it anymore. But then when the blogging thing seemed to start getting popular, one of its upticks kind of in the late 2000s, I got into it, and then that's, yeah, that's kind of when I realized I liked writing, kind of trying to put my thoughts together. I would, I would just kind of write about what I was doing at my job, what I was, you know, reading about and, and things like that. And so I liked doing it every day. And so I think the interest was always there. I just kind of had to find the right medium for it, and, and blogging was that. And then the mm-hmm. business side, I had kind of almost been mentally preparing for my whole life to, once I found the right combination to kind of put it together and organize it. So uh, I guess it, I look back and I think it was just being open to the opportunity of blogging and, and giving it a try. And it, it just has kind of worked out ever since then.
1: Mm-hmm. You're, you're sort of a personification of, of what we're saying about our young people at the moment about the fact that um, when they leave school, so we have, you know, have a twelve-year-old daughter. You will have come across her on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, when she leaves school, half of the jobs that they will be doing, we don't even exist yet. Never mind, doesn't know mm-hmm. what they are. And you know, you're you're running a business that didn't exist sort of fifteen years ago. um yep. You know, in terms of a job, you know, that you wouldn't have gone to school and been told that that's what you could
0: do. Right. <laughs> in the
1: right. It's funny, no, isn't
0: it? I think if I would have been. You know, I do have some peers that didn't have necessarily the business interest that I did, but definitely had the writing interest, and they pursued journalism, which is is now a struggle for a lot of them. Some of them have been able to to switch over to kind of like a freelance type writing situation or blogging, but the traditional journalism route would have been probably wrong for me if i if i would have pursued the writing because that has been changing so much but the blogging has been like you said it wasn't a job that existed 10 Mm -hmm. 15 years ago Mm
1: -hmm. so talk about how you sort of prioritize your day and and manage what you do you've you've already said that you you maintain some structure which i have to say i don't (laughs) (laughs) so um and, and obviously you're working with people all around the world and mm-hmm. that would, you know, give its own challenges around timescales. Uh and then and you have people who are working with you that presumably you need to manage in some way or coordinate at least. So what yep. what's the day look like?
0: Yeah, and and I just kind of went through this process again, but usually around every December, January, I kind of I look at my schedule and so the way I work is I have my Google Calendar and that kind of dictates my tasks for the week, which are usually recurring tasks each day. But every summer, January, I kind of go through it and I audit everything I do on my to-do list and I, I match it up against what the priorities are for the company, for Ghost Blog Writers. So I look at, I kind of go through a opportunity list for Ghost Blog Writers, whether it's uh sales opportunity to pursue or a change in structure. And so I do that priority list. And then I look at my daily habits and I look at how they match up with the priorities for the company. And so I make changes. I look um, for anything that's changed in my life um, in this past year. So one year ago from now, uh, my wife and I had a baby girl, so she changed some of our time. Availability and stuff some of it which was, which was, <laughs> You're putting that down I, I I took out about two or three things that I was doing every week that were fine and keeping me busy and after our daughter came it i had to, I had to free up some more time and it turned out to be a good thing, and so I kind of do that every year just to make sure I'm not overloading my schedule with unnecessary things or just really keeping a keen eye on on what I should be doing or what I could be doing.
1: That makes me laugh. You you could have probably turn that into a, a program. You know, some people talk about when you have children, it's all a nightmare and you can't get things done. anything else you could turn it into a program about um, how having a child means that you streamline <laughs> what you do, mm-hmm. which makes it <laughs> makes it better. I'm sure so, I'm sure someone's done that, haven't they? Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs>
1: so yeah so you've you've yes you have limited time and and i guess with you both working um for yourselves that has its flexibility opportunity and also the opposite where if you've both got a deadline at the same time that that must make it harder as well it does
0: yeah and, and we've we've gone through a few changes as far as um when we're when one of us is with our daughter or we have some family that comes and watches her, but it's, it's definitely gone through fluctuations. So the flexibility of our, our working situation, we've been very fortunate. I think if we would have, if we would have been at our past nine to five jobs, we we probably would have done the usual daycare type situation, but it's been nice to be able to spend time with, with our daughter and, and, and things like that. So it's, it's gone through a few changes, and I'm sure it will continue to do that. So the flexibility has been very nice. Mm,
1: yeah. So tell us a bit more about how the day then pans out, what sort of activities that uh, you, you're getting involved in and how you're managing them.
0: Sure. sure. So, uh, so um, I've also kind of delegated some. So I have, we have an account manager. Uh, her name's Lindy. She's in Australia, and she... Um, I've given her more tasks over the last year. And then as she's become busier, we've, we've actually taken a couple of the writers that have been writing for us and asking if they wanted to take on some tasks, just kind of breaking down the whole operation of the company and, and finding the repeatable tasks and delegating. So I still do every week. I still write what turns out kind of works out to about five to seven posts every week. So that takes up some of my time and I kind of have it scheduled. And then I also have set aside time to experiment with uh, different things, whether it's kind of reading about things. And uh, one of my priorities for this year was podcasting. And so I... And (laughs)
1: and,
0: and it it involves kind of discovering new podcasts, maybe being guests. And then also experimenting with a podcast for ghost blog writers. So I do set I do have time to do that and it, it doesn't lead currently to any money or anything like that, but, uh, but it's an experiment to kind of see where it might lead. And I also have set aside time to just kind of think about the business. And so I kind of have a one day a week that's free, no tasks. And I just, that, it's still my time to think about the business and and whether I need to make changes or if there's new opportunities. And then I still, it's not a, it's not a crazy amount, but I still do deal with, um, you know, issues that come up with the company. If Lindy has a question or if a client is upset about something and, or if I need to answer questions. and, And so I email, doesn't run my life, but it's definitely a high priority as far as checking it in the morning and and making sure there are no huge issues. So, email is part of the everyday process. And then some days are also writing. And some days are also kind of looking at finances and, and also some time just for some high level thinking.
1: And how, tell, tell us a bit about how you transitioned from it just being you to being a team. Because I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: from what you've just said, that once you've got people in place and you can start sort of pushing a bit more to them and asking if people want to get a bit more involved and all that sort of thing. I think that's the, apart from the the logistics of, of um, making sure your procedures and processes are, are put together so that they can do that easily, that, mm-hmm. that's the sort of easy bit. I think the, the the hardest bit at the beginning is that bit about, I and mean, I've just taken on a new VA to help with the podcast and mm-hmm. that, that decision to do it and then how you work out your processes so that they get to do the bits that they're good at and how you delegate and all that sort of something that just gets in the way for so many people even ever having somebody to mm-hmm. help them. Do you remember how that happened for you?
0: Yeah. So it started right away, I guess, first with the writers. So I was doing, when I first started, I had a full-time job and I was just a freelance writer on the side. So I would write in the evenings and on the weekends and I liked doing that, and then I just started thinking, you know, at some point, I, if I want to do more than this, I have to bring on a writer, and so I had to find a writer. I think um, just through a job board, I found one, and kind of just had to figure out what that involved, and um, thinking about the process a little bit. But I basically just took how I didn't dictate how they should write a post, just some formatting things and things like that, how to upload it to the blog. And so that was kind of the first step. The bigger one was with Lindy, which was about four years ago now. And that got to be just where even full-time I was working a lot of hours myself. I was starting to notice that I would make mistakes or forget things and realized I needed to bring on someone to Take at least some of the processes off my hands, and that was a big step. Just trusting someone else to handle it, but for me, it got it just it had always reached a point where I I, I needed to have someone come on board to help. Otherwise, the whole thing might collapse, or the, the quality was going to start going down. So it it just kind of reached the point of where it was, it was kind of a crossroads that I. Happen to recognize needed to to happen
1: mm-hmm. and I guess that's then about finding the right person isn't it in, in that yep. I guess the su- success stories are where it goes well <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the and ones where it's bumpy <laughs>
0: it, and my only trick for that has been so Lindy I found so I was working with a client that I that was in Australia a very nice client nice person and he had a VA and I asked him if he just had any recommendations for any other VAs. And so he asked his VA and she recommended Lindy. And that has worked well for me with, with the writers with Lindy is just, um, and I've noticed it with other businesses as well as if you have a job opening, just asking your current network, your current employees, if they recommend anyone. And it kind of takes a lot of the, it doesn't guarantee that it would be a good fit, but it does seem to take a lot of the work out of vetting someone. If you can, yeah. if you are able to get someone that comes recommended.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, my first VA, who's worked with me for years now, came actually worked for me via an agency, and then somehow I stopped working with the agency, and so did she. And we we reconnected. It wasn't sounded like we did that dodgily on purpose, but that isn't how it how it happened. Um, And so obviously I knew, you know, what she was like. And then uh, my recent one was exactly what you said—a recommendation from a client and friend who has her working with him as well, and uh, it has made it so much easier to sort of kick things off and and just feel more confident right from the beginning, really. Mm -hmm. So what about um, apps and tools and 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 software things that you're using, particularly given you're geographically dispersed from your team? What sort of things are you using?
0: Yep, and that's been. That's been important, so yeah, kind of the whole apps and tools thing started really taking off kind of the cloud-based work right around the time that I got started, which was very fortunate, because like you said, working with someone in Australia, clients all over the world, coordinating everything, needed something where we're all working on the same document or, or payment systems and things like that. But so I've tried a lot of different project managers and apps for productivity and organization, but the best one that we still use the most that our business pretty much runs on is, is Google's G Suite. So it's uh, Gmail and then a lot of document, a lot of Excel documents, which, which we just kind of use as content calendars. Keep it very simple, and we use the 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 document portion to, to create a lot of posts and also to create some procedures. And so over the years, I've kept it fairly simple. Those are the tools we use. Uh, we use FreshBooks for uh, invoicing and, and payments and also PayPal to pay the writers. And I've, I've tried a lot of tools over the years. Lindy has tried some. Uh, we use a tool called QText for um, checking for plagiarism on the posts and things like that. So we've, we're always kind of trying new tools, uh, but one thing I've always tried to be aware of is is not to use too many. I see a lot of, some people I know that get kind of bogged down and using a lot of different tools when they could probably remove some of it to, to simplify things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a good point, yeah. So what about learning and improving yourself? You, um, I guess, uh, in your writing, you're probably reading and learning things that you hadn't intended.
0: <laughs> Depending on
1: what you're supposed to be writing about. Yep. <laughs> but how, do you, but how, how does that happen And for you?
0: Yeah, and, and that's kind of where the interest in blogging started for me, is um, reading blog posts about all kinds of things, and I know, uh, even today, I think some people have the perception that a blog post is just someone, you know, almost like a journal or a diary, writing their thoughts. And a lot of it is, but going back ten plus years, I always got a lot of value from reading um, about people's experiences or their knowledge about certain topics. And that's kind of where I got into it, and I still do that today. I'll uh, I'll find articles that I like, and and I use the app Pocket on my phone so I'll save it there and I'll kind of read those but I also really like books so I read I'm usually reading some kind of business biography I just um, finished one um, about Cornelius Vanderbilt so I'm, I'm usually reading some kind of biography and not not a business book that kind of tells you five things to do but just kind of reading about the life story of successful people and trying to pull uh different lessons from it so i I read books i read blogs and watch a few videos on youtube and then i i definitely do like podcasts i i listen to uh diet and exercise podcasts i listen to business podcasts and then a few hobby type podcasts so uh, golf would be one that i kind of like listening to interviews so it's it's pretty varied I'm not I'm not big into watching tv but I definitely get media consumption from other sources like podcasts and things like that
1: mm-hmm. and how do you um find time to listen to the podcast that's what people are always asking me and I say things like mm-hmm. walking around doing the washing or washing yep. up or whatever <laughs> hanging my washing it- up <laughs>
0: And that's the the greatest thing about podcasts is you can do something else. So that's exactly what I do. I usually wake up every morning about, well, depending on our daughter, she's usually a pretty good sleeper. But I usually wake up about five and have about a two hour period before she wakes up. So I I usually read and I make coffee. And then I kind of like to wait for the coffee to cool down. And when it cools down, I I uh, listen to the, to a podcast for 15 minutes and drink a cup of coffee. And then I usually do about a half hour little exercise routine. So I listen to podcasts then and make breakfast for another half hour or so. And, and that's time to listen. And then usually in the evenings, uh, my daughter's kind of gotten to the point where I'm usually a watcher in the evening before my wife gets home for about an hour. And, And so I'll let my daughter run around and play and I'll maybe listen to a podcast then or, or something like that. So it's definitely finding time to kind of combine activities and being able to listen to a podcast. You might, you're certainly not going to retain a hundred percent of the content if you're not listening intently, but I, I think you get plenty even if you retain less than 50% of it by doing two things at once.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just think how, how, um, Well resourced, your daughter will be listening to all of those.
0: (laughs) I know. Hopefully, she's getting some through osmosis or something like that.
1: (laughs) So, what about if uh, things don't go right? What about if you have a bad day? How do you deal with that?
0: And then, and that's the reality of freelance work, entrepreneurship, even a manager. That's that's most of my job. Is when I open my email in the morning, it's usually not congratulations or here's something that went right it's uh (laughs) here's an issue what should i do um how do i respond to this email um a writer is late with the post so it's it for the manager that's that's what i do and and so i've gotten used to it over time and i and i kind of like solving those problems so that's part of the job that i like doing it can certainly wear wear anyone down, but I look at it as as uh, a problem that needs to be fixed in some way. How do you take care of it in in the immediate situation so that everyone's happy or ever or it can be resolved and people can move on? And then maybe looking at the future. So things definitely don't go right all the time. Although I also do try to tell myself, you know, for me, a big percentage is. Is I see what's not going right, but in the grand scheme of things, it's really a small picture of of business. A lot is going right with the business, but what I see a lot is mostly what's going wrong. So I try to remind myself of that too, and and I also, and that is true with our writers too. You know, the writers might do ten posts, and nine of them are wonderful, and they never hear that feedback. One, they have to take some negative feedback and make changes and over time that can kind of wear the writers down so try to be give positive feedback to to kind of offset that so yeah Mm -hmm. things not going right I just try to keep the right perspective um but yeah then also a weird side of me kind of likes dealing with things that aren't going right yeah
1: yeah yeah and what about that day when it has gone right? So that day when you've had the opportunity to live more, and that's what I describe as getting to do more of the things that you want to do rather than the things you have to do or you mm-hmm. should do.
0: What does that day look like? Yeah, so if if something goes right, if we get, you know, make a new client happy and uh, they sign up for a lot of blog posts or something like that, definitely try to sit back and, and recognize that, it's a good situation. Every, try to provide some positive feedback for everyone involved, usually Lindy, the writer or writers, and acknowledge and try to make them feel good and recognize that that this is a very good thing. And then for myself, I, I usually try not to get too high or low, but I try to, in, in my mind, acknowledge that something good has happened. Um, but whether things are going wrong or going right, I try not to let it affect me too much either way so I don't get too down or too high. Because it always seems like when things are going wrong that something good is just around the corner. But on the flip side, it also seems like when things are going right, things you're almost kind of the most <laughs> vulnerable. Uh, yeah. Not that the wheels are gonna completely fall off, but just Kind of be prepared that you know it's not going to be good times at always. So, but you have to acknowledge the, the good with with what comes because otherwise you're gonna be pretty pessimistic person and things like that. So
1: mm-hmm. you sound like a very balance, balanced person.
0: <laughs> I try to be. I I'm, I'm I certainly have my moments like anyone else, but I, do, I am I do try to be aware of of that and and try to be balanced.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Dan. It's been really interesting talking to you and uh, always interesting to uh, have particular conversations around homeworking and also with people who are in another country. And uh, maybe we should go and check out our um, American history later.
0: (laughs) Uh, I know. I'm curious about it now. I might have to find a blog post about it or or a podcast. I'm sure there's a podcast. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so thank you for joining me. i really appreciate it tell people how they can find out more about you
0: sure uh so our website ghostblogwriters.com or search ghostblogwriters and ignore any uh ghost <laughs> mythology or hunting type stuff so uh, there's information there and then the best place to connect i would love to connect on uh, linkedin is the the network i've been using most so certainly if you find me on there, I think I'm the only Dane shooter, but ha- would be happy to connect with any anyone. Yeah,
1: lovely. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you so much.
1: All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to the link power to forward slash in this case, 96, you'll find them there. And the tool that I shared on last week's newsletter is Apple Wallet and for Android Passbook Wallet. Uh, As you may know, if you're a reader of the newsletter, I was traveling a bit uh, last week and it reminded me of the apps because they're really useful in those cases. So, as I say, on iOS, it's the Apple Wallet and on Android, it's called Passbook Wallet. And when I fly, I check in online and then I save the resulting boarding pass to my wallet. So all I have to do is scan my phone when going through departures. And I was interested to see how few people were using that route. And, you know, there was various bits of paper and stuff (laughs) that were still being used. But it's so convenient, obviously, as long as you keep your phone charged. Uh, And it's really sort of comes into its own if you're flying just with hand luggage only as well because you don't then have to go and do bag drop and all that sort of palaver. You literally just rock up at the airport, scan your uh, phone on the... um scanner (laughs) technical term Uh, and then just go straight through into security and then through to departures so it makes it really quick I use the wallet on my iPhone as well when I book tickets for places like Cineworld because you can save those there too and it works for trainline.com as well so when I book train tickets I went to Birmingham this week and uh, I just used my phone to scan in and out because I was traveling with Virgin and it was just really convenient so uh, that's Apple Wallet and Passbook Wallet. Depending on the operating system that you're using, you may also remember that I have a survey that I'm running aimed at home based consultants and coaches around the things that you like about working from home and that you find frustrating. I had a bit of a problem with it a couple of weeks ago the company I was using for the actual survey software in their wisdom decided to change their server over and it went a bit wrong and it took them a good couple of weeks I think to get it sorted so if you haven't done the survey uh, or if you have and you'd like to share it with people that uh, qualify so home-based consultants and coaches then I'd really appreciate you going to power to live forward slash survey and completing that for me there it doesn't take very long it's about three minutes designed to be quick because I can't stand those surveys you know the ones where you start doing them and then you look up and it says you're only 10% through and you've been on there sort of five minutes or the other day I got an email and it said could I do a survey and it was going to take 35 minutes (laughs) so I was like really not even going to click on that (laughs) so yeah this one really is three minutes so it's powertolivemore.com forward slash survey And the show notes, again, are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 96. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.